Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I'm a former assistant director and your host. For today's discussion, we've assembled a panel of Below the Line women who work in film crew specialties typically dominated by men. Let's jump straight to the introductions. Melanie Ragone, you worked as a grip for the better part of 10 years, and you're currently working as a technocrane assistant in LA. Welcome to Below the Line. Hey, how are you? Good. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Next. Melissa Bupre, you've also been working in the grip department for 17 years, and you're currently working as a key grip on a Seth Rogen comedy with a working title of Joy Fuck Club in Vancouver. Welcome. Hello. How are you? <laughs> nice to have you here. Good to be here. And finally, Nicole Higgins, you're relatively new to the grip department. You've been working in this space since 2019, and you rotate between first unit and rigging work currently in Atlanta. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to have all of you here and let's, you know, jump straight to origin stories. Give me an idea of how you started in the business. Melissa, you've been doing this the longest, so let's start with you. So how I had to start in the business here, because when I started, there was pretty much no, well, there was like 10 of us, but we all worked in volunteer work. So before you can get into the union here, you had to go on Craigslist and look up small gigs, uh, volunteer gigs, you know, short films where someone would hire you to get experience so you could get enough days where you could apply to the union and then become part of the union. But that took probably three years of doing that before I could even get into the, the there's two union here, unions here. So ACFC and IA. So I took those first few volunteer gigs to get into the, the smaller union of ACFC. And then doing after doing three years of that, then I could apply for IATC. Now, Melissa, when you say there were 10 of you, did you mean 10 women working in the grip space or do you mean 10 grips in Canada? No, generally about 10 women in, in within the grip space of all of the lower mainland. So you joined ACFC and then how long did it from there until you became a member of the IATC? I think it was about three years. I was there for three years and then I got the opportunity. Somebody said, hey, you want to go work on this show? So I went and did that after. So what was that early show that you worked on and what sort of took you uh, forward from there? Uh, in in IATC, the first show I worked on was Hellcats. So I had got enough of a resume to apply as a permit. And then I a guy that I work with in non-union work he was keying that show and he said, I want you to come on the show. I know you're a permittee, but they had just gone rid of seniority. So he's like, you can come on the show now and I want you on the show. So the Hellcats was my first show. Well, we'll come back to talk about your experiences from there, but let's move over to Melanie. Tell us about how you got started. I had kind of a similar experience as far as um, getting gigs from Craigslist and any of the other, um, you know, staff me ups. Um, I started as a PA on uh, reality television sets. And in the States, um, unions are not across the board as far as like the, the grip union in LA is different than the union in Georgia where I came up. Um, and it's a lot more difficult to get into 80 and I started in Georgia. So um, I basically worked on uh, non-union sets for probably almost two and a half, three years. Um, and then I met somebody who was a grip who I used to shoot videos with on the weekends. Um, it was like a side hustle. And then he's like, you know, you should join the union. And so, and in Georgia it is, and it still is, 
a lot easier to get into 479 um, than it is into 80. So I joined 479 in 2012 as a grip. And then I think it took oof, probably almost another eight to nine months before I started. Cause you know, it's all word of mouth and um, getting work in that sense. Um, it took a little bit for me to get started on something. And I think the first real show I worked was Hunger Games. Um, it was a second unit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Hunger Games, but regardless, yeah. So that was how I kind of fell into gripping. <laughs> and so for folks who might not be familiar with the locals, 479 is the IATSE local that covers Atlanta. Is that correct? Correct. It covers um, kind of a whole different amount of trades. It covers electric, it covers set deck, it covers crafty, it covers, um, you know, it doesn't cover camera. Uh, yeah. So, and then in, in LA, uh, it's broken up more here. So that's like whenever I tell somebody, if they're trying to get into the business, like Atlanta is not a bad start because it is, it's, it's, it's a lot easier, even with my experience I've got, it's, it was super hard to get technocrane work too. So it's like, yeah, I definitely, uh, it's weird, but you know, like 80 doesn't recognize 479 either, which I think is crazy. Like I can't transfer unions, like they won't recognize it. 80 is really weird about that, but 479 recognizes 80. 80 being the grip union that's based in LA. Correct. Yeah. And so then what about the transition to technocrane work? Jumping ahead a little bit. I literally, um, honestly, I just harassed them. I had tried to get into Technocrane um, when I, I remember first seeing one on set and was like, what is that? Like, that's what I want to do. And then um, I couldn't get anyone to respond to me in because it, it's, it's an even more specialized department and camera and grips go into it. When I got out to LA, I was just like, well, I'm going to try and um, get in with a technocrane out here. And I won't name who the two ones were that blew me off. Um, but I literally went through Instagram and for a year I hounded them. So that's how I got my opportunity. I finally got, you know, shop days and I just started working with them. Um, I think, and I'm joining 600 now. Um, and I, uh, I think I've got 13 or 14 days now. So yeah, but it was, believe me, it was a hustle. <laughs> 600 that covers all the camera specialties, right? Right. Correct. Well, again, we're going to come back to some of those specific challenges, but first, Nicole, tell us how you started out. You guys make me feel like my, <laughs> my end was a little bit more weaselly. <laughs> I was actually not in California or Georgia at the time that I knew I wanted to be a grip. I had started in front of camera as a professional dancer out in LA, but at the time when I knew I wanted to be a grip, I was in the Midwest in Michigan. So I had to make a decision if I was going to move to LA or Georgia. And like Melanie said, I thought Georgia would be a little bit easier to get in. And so I had a lot riding. I was moving to a brand new state to do the job. So I kind of had to lie my way into an internship <laughs> and say that I was already living here knowing I was going to be living here. Um, so I got into an internship that um, was actually based out of New Orleans. And then I got in as an intern on The Walking Dead as a grip because they were taking interns from all departments and basically worked my way in that way. And we got paid, you know, minimum wage, eight hours a day, but I stayed the entire day because I wanted to just learn. 
as much as possible because if that was my only time to learn before I could actually like jump in and say I've done it before I wanted to just learn as much as humanly possible so I worked 14 12 14 hours a day whatever they did without being paid after the eight hours was the first one there last to leave and then that got recognized by my best boy and then I basically have been hired by him ever since now that's interesting you say you there was an intern program to get people starting out in these career fields in Atlanta. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that or. Well, if I can backtrack a little bit, I started, I flew down here to, to go to the PA Academy because I didn't even know how to get into be a grip at all. Like I didn't know anybody. I did not know. I was willing to PA beforehand, but I just, I, I really wanted to grip. So I went down, came down here to do the PA Academy because I knew that they had, after you completed that, like a job board that they would do postings for PA gigs and whatever. And so through that, they had a posting for an internship program. And when the lady called me to interview me for the internship program, it was basically just PA stuff, like, you know, wardrobe PA internships, whatever. And I told her, well, I want to be a grip. And she's like, well, we don't get internships for that. And I was like, okay, well, I guess let me know if you hear anything, but I'll take whatever. So they called me for wardrobe, all kinds of stuff that I never got. And then she called me like two months down the line before I had even moved to Georgia and said, hey, there's one for The Walking Dead and they're doing interns for every department. And I think The Walking Dead does that every year. And so they take for every department. She's like, there's only three people applying for the grip intern. So you got a good chance. And I was like, all right, cool. So that's how I got into that. I don't know if there's many of those type of internship programs for shows where they take for every department, but I was lucky enough that they were taking one for every single department. And just to like point out how much it stands out if you show up first, of all the interns, I was the only one that was there like an hour early every day and stayed the entire day till wrap. So it's really not that hard to stand out. If you really want to do something, you can do it. You just have to want to do it. It amazed me, like, and I'm not knocking any of the guys that I work with, but it was like, yeah, yeah, Melissa, I saw your face. It's not hard (laughs) because it's true. It's not hard to be really good at what you do. It's, it's really not. And it's, 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 it's a hard job. Gripping is not easy, but like for me to get to like best boy and key too was like, I was like, really, I'm not really working that hard. Like I, once I got to that spot, I was like, you know what I mean? Like showing up on time, having a good attitude, working hard. Like these are all fundamentals you think that other people have, and when they don't, it's super easy to surpass them. Showing up on time is showing up early in our industry, which I've had to explain to one of the guys who worked for me recently. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting conversation. Yeah, that that whole like, if you're on time, you're late. But the thing I wanted to too to comment about um, Nicole's experience is that um, LA does not have those, um, because Georgia's a right to work state. So that's like, it's not like there's a blanket kind of, um, or a policy across the United States about unions. You know, again, it can be, it's totally different out in California because of, um, it's not a right to work state. So you can technically work in Georgia without being in a union, but nobody who's in the union is, I didn't, wouldn't hire. If people came on my crew and I didn't really know, and I hired them maybe through somebody else and they weren't in the union, I'd make them join if they weren't in, but they don't have, and I might be speaking out of turn, but I'm, I'm fairly positive. They don't have anything like that in LA. 
um, because it's a liability thing. And uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that they, when I, when I started, they did not have that. I remember when I was maybe four years in and like there was these, those programs and I was like, what in the hell, you know, like, <laughs> I can't believe that there's people coming out on set. No. And going back to what you said, the, um, at the time, which wasn't that long ago, you know, that was 2019. They, my best boy made me when the, sh- when my internship was done, cause it was only for a month made me have to go join the union to bring me out afterwards to day play. But now only a couple years later, it's so busy here that that is not the case. There's tons of people working that aren't in the union that can join at their own leisure just because we need people. But back then he wasn't going to hire me unless I was in the union. Yeah. It's like so busy and they have the option there. Um, and here it's funny because I hear, cause I'm not on the general crew. I'm literally a day player all the time now, which is not a bad thing, but, um, it's interesting when I hear other people, they're like, yeah, we got into our permit list, which wasn't happening before. So it's like, it's so busy that they're, they're pulling from permit lists now or they were like, I'm sure at the beginning of this year, they were. Yeah. I mean, we had the same thing up here where we're, we're constantly on the permit list, but I actually just learned on the last show that I work with, with my new mentor that we do have an intern program. And that uh, there was a one girl that he wanted who was a PA who kept on saying she wanted to be a grip. So he's like, he's used to working with women. I work with him right now on, we're doing Shogun, but uh, there's another girl that works with me on that crew, but he wanted her, she was a PA and she didn't have any union experience, but he brought her on to Pan as an intern grip, which I didn't even know we had. So I just learned that. No, that's cool. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. like. I certainly tried to hire, um, women when I was vesting. Um, but it, uh, when I started, there really weren't very many. I remember like, I knew that there was like one female rigger. There was like two female electric. I mean, it was literally like under 20 of us, you know, there just wasn't very many women in Atlanta, I should say. Yeah. But I think Melanie with part of that is, um, women, I think we're a bit different. Um, I think a lot of women didn't even have the idea that they could do the job. And I've had people say that to me after uh, seeing, you know, seeing me do it saying, hey, thanks. I didn't know that I could do that job. I'm like, why not? Like, it never occurred to me in a million years that I couldn't. Yeah, no, that is something that I definitely learned along the way, too, is that like you and like the three of us. I mean, it certainly takes a certain type of women to break into these jobs because it can be extremely intimidating. And then if you're not that type of woman, but you still are interested in getting into these fields, it's like you said, they're like, oh, I, I didn't, I just thought you had to be like this or that. I didn't know that I could do it. And it's like, I love it when they're like, all of a sudden they have that aha moment where it's like, yeah, I can totally do this too. So it's like, it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Or you get the opposite where they, they think, oh, I can't do that. Cause that stuff looks heavy. And it's like a lot of time we tag team this stuff, you know, we're not just carrying one 10 foot stick of dress ourselves all the time. Like there's even two guys doing it. Like, you know, Totally. I always say that gripping is not about brute strength. It's about endurance. You better be able to go. I tell girls this, I tell guys this, that try and come in too. Like you better be able to go a certain amount of hours carry. It's not like it's, 
like you said, like super heavy things that we're carrying around, but it's constantly working, moving. Yeah. I've had cool moments too, where I've been in like the condor with another female and guys mm -hmm. on the ground are like taking pictures. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> You know, and I'm like looking down and they're taking That's pictures so of phone. I'm like, hey. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I just I have two little girls at home and I've never seen two girls up in a in a lift. And I just want to show her that, you know, anybody can do that, like even girls. And I was like, oh, OK, that's cool. Carry on. <laughs> that's the stuff that makes me happy and that's when people tell me that when I'm on set and they're like oh I'm, I'm like really glad to see you know I want to show this to my um, my daughter or whatever that I mean that's why I'm doing this now because I want girls to think that they can do it yeah, same and and same with technocrane I pursued technocrane for so long because I did have a friend um in Atlanta who's a dolly grip and he and he came from um working over in Europe and he said that there, like Melissa said, that there are more people internationally that have more women on their crew. But like Technocrane, I couldn't find any other female Technocrane operators. I'm not saying they don't exist. I know that there's one in New York. And I just was like, this is something I want to do because it's an even harder boys club to get into. And I want to encourage because we are, we're very good at these types of things, figuring things out, technical things. I'm very mechanically inclined. Like I have to figure everything out and I want to, and it makes me happy. Like Melissa said, where you're like, if other women are like, oh my God, I can do this too. Or I can join and, you know, get into these jobs that are freaking dominated by guys, you know, and it's, it's, it's inspiring. Like you said, like someone's taking a picture of you and you're in the lift and, and it seems silly, but it's like, if that like gets one other woman to be like, yeah, I'm in, you know, like I'll do that. There was a, I follow a girl on Instagram and she's a grip here in town. And I went out on one of the, I've been out there a couple of times on their show now. And they had five women on their grip crew the other day. And I was like, what the hell that just, you don't see that has never happened in my 12 years. That just doesn't happen. And it's so awesome. But it's yeah. I was like, yes. Melody, I want to follow up on something. You said that the challenge of joining the boys club is one of the things that motivated you to switch over to Technocrane. Was that similar to why you wanted to grip in the first place? Or were there other aspects of gripping that this career appealed to you from the start? Honestly, when I joined, I didn't really even know what grips did. Uh, not the full scope. I wanted to join. I was a tomboy. Um, I, like, I, can, I like building things, figuring things out. I'm good with my hands. Um, and when I, and I do love lighting too, but when I learned it was basically the hardest job on set, that's why I pursued it. And that was one of the driving forces was like, because there was like a lot of people who tried to discourage me when I started. And I was like, well, that just fuels my fire. But, um, I did get into it because of the whole kind of MacGyver aspect of it. And then also too, because of the fact that it was really, really hard. My roots a little bit different. I actually really wanted to be a DOP originally because I was like, well, there's not a lot of women DOPs out there. So in that journey of trying to do that, I was like, well, I should learn how to light and do all the other things involved before I get there so that when I get there, I know what the fuck I'm doing. But then I just liked it. I liked the work and I liked that it was a job where you had to come up with creative solutions to practical problems. It was what we do all the time. When somebody else doesn't know how to fix something, that's they look at the grip. Hey, do, how do we do this, guys? It's set deck or lighting or camera. They're always coming to you guys to fix fix those problems. And then, like Melanie said, I think the next step for me was like going to become a key grip because there is none in Vancouver that do it in IATSE. And 
what she said was, you know, people telling me I couldn't do it fueled my fire. I'm not much to be like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, well, uh, just watch me then. And that's how I got where I am now. And so, Melissa, are you currently the only female key grip working in Vancouver? In the union full time. I'm sure others like Sam, who's on our crew, steps in for Finn when we're working. She's our lead hand, so she steps up for the key grip when he's not there. But the only one doing full shows. There's others doing like key gripping in commercials or lower budget stuff, but I'm only one in IFT. And so you've been doing it for 17 years, Melissa. Yeah. Do you still hold some, uh, I don't know, thoughts about becoming a director of photography? Oh, no, that's gone. I, I, I love doing this. I don't want to do that anymore. So what about you, Nicole? You turned down other jobs to wait out for the opportunity to grip. I wanted to be originally just a dolly grip. Like I wanted to get in and work my way up and just be a dolly grip. Now that's not so much the focus. I love all of it. I, I mean, I'm rigging right now, but I had the same, like I was a tomboy. I was a gymnast. I was very strong. I got along, you know, mainly with guys. I was climbing trees and scraping my knees instead of playing with Barbies when I was little. And what interested me about gripping was when I wanted to join the film industry, I wanted to learn as much as possible about what goes on on set and how things get done. And to me, that department was gripping because they have their hands in a lot of pots. Like she said, set deck comes to them. Like we help with camera, you know, the dolly grips are moving the camera. Like it, So I just felt like they had, they, we help electrics. They have their hands in all the pots. And so there was just like endless amounts of learning to happen within gripping. And then I didn't even know at that point that, you know, that there was also rigging grips. And, <laughs> and the, so it opened up my whole world. So yeah, that's just kind of what interested me in it. And it was the end from there. I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. If I can piggyback on her comment too, about that, where it was like, not only the hardest job, but like down the road, I have other goals and, um, I, I don't want to stay. I got, I got out of the grip department because I didn't want to do it anymore. I still love it. But like Nicole said, it is, it's like, you're literally involved in every aspect on set. And it was where I like that. I went to school on set. Like that was where I learned every, I wanted to learn everything about physical production that I possibly could. And what each department does there responsibilities and, and inside and out. So once I felt like I got that, that was when I was like ready to move on. And they said that they had like, you know, people saying that they can't do it. The group that I came in with was very like supportive and very much like, yeah, you can do everything we can do. And I got treated just like one of the guys like that guy's picking up the mambo stand. I'm going to pick up the mambo stand by myself and carry it in, you know, so it wasn't like that. But my favorite thing about it is like the flip switch. I don't know what the word is for it but you know this because you've worked with me like I look like a girly girl like I have <laughs> fake eyelashes <laughs> I have blonde hair I wear crop tops to work in yoga pants and and my favorite is someone looking at me and being like she's not like you know the guys that can pick up anything and do anything and then I turn around and do it and they're like damn I did not think and I'm like yeah well don't judge a book <laughs> yeah totally yeah, it was it was like that at the beginning for me as well. Oh, you can you can't pick up that eight step ladder. You can't. Oh, we'll do it for you. I'm like, no. Nah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I kind of still get it, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah, still. I, I still get like the guys I'm working with in Technocrane. So we have this one vehicle that's got a mobile base, and the the ramps that it has to go on are extremely heavy. 
And it was like, it take you, you couldn't, you could, you'd have to drag it by yourself. It would almost be physically impossible to drag it by yourself. And they went to like, pick it up the other day. And I was just at the shop helping and I went to pick it up. He's like, Oh, this one's a ball buster. And I'm like, and I know that all the guys at the shop don't know what I did before, but it was just like, it was comical to me where I was just like, yeah, I'm familiar with the ball busting term. Like, <laughs> don't I, that bugs me when guys do that, but I get it. You know, like they yeah. don't think because, you know, like, like, again, it's not brute strength. It's just, you know, like you said, it takes two people to carry a lot of stuff like that. But I do, I do find it comical when guys still do that stuff. And it's like, all right, all right, I'll educate you. It's, it's okay. funny. Yeah. Cause they come, it's usually the other departments watching you do something that try to like come to your rescue or like transport, like, I got it. I got it. And you're like, I can move the leveling blocks myself. And the dudes on, on my crew will be like, no, no, bro. Watch her. She's got it. <laughs> she don't want no help. She can do it. <laughs> Nicole, it sounds like you fell in with a crew that was pretty receptive to what you brought to the team, but I'm curious, Melissa, you know, 17 years ago or Melanie 10, was it a similar attitude around you becoming a grip or do you think you face specific challenges because of your gender? I think it was it was different back then. I've seen a huge switch in the last five to six years where people are like, definitely like, no, anybody can do it. Very helpful in helping women get into these fields. But when I started, I was like, I volunteered. And then when I really was trying to get into IATSE, I did PA for a bit. And you sit by the grip truck and the, the grip comes out, hey, what do you want to do in the future? And they go, oh, I want a grip. And they go into the truck and they, they pull out something. Hey, what's this? Oh, it's a Cardellini. Okay go back in, pull something out slightly harder. What's this? Oh, that's a baby grid clown. So they test you, but no one would offer you a job. They might be like, oh, maybe you know what you're doing. Hey, come out. It was just like tests, but you really had to knock on that door sill. That's funny because they will bring out though, they'll still bring out a random from the streets if it's a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have the same thing. Like just speaking on, like they were really acceptive of me, but that's because they were forced. I was an intern. And I, and I think they actually may have looked me up on Facebook before they brought me in, <laughs> which is fine. It's hilarious. But um, I think, you know, once they saw me and they got to see me do stuff, but I still think among the groups still to this day, it's very like, they think I'm like a unicorn. Like, I don't know if they would be as accepting of another girl, like the la- the diamond, you know her, I brought her out. Because I, I worked with her on another job and I, you know, had asked my boss to bring her out. But had she just been a girl's name that I thought that somebody else had thrown out there, like, I don't know if she would have been brought out versus the random dude who's someone's cousin who just moved here, you know, who's never done it before a day in their life. Yeah, totally. I had kind of like mixed experiences. I remember when I started like kind of just texting people because I literally knew one person, I didn't even really know this guy. He didn't know me. He never worked with me outside of the video production that we did. So I didn't know anybody. So I was literally like texting like random people, my like, Hey, I'm available. Hey, so-and-so gave me your name. And it took a minute for me to fall in with a really good crew. And I think when I got my opportunity on the walking dead, like that was my big break. Like that was, I fell in with an awesome crew. Eddie Evans was the key grip. Eddie was so awesome. And Tom, and I did, I learned from them. I learned how to light from some of the original grips that were in 479. And there was certainly like, I felt like resistance at first, but once I kind of like found my tribe, and they were like, you know, wanting to let women come in. Cause again, this was, you know, 
10, almost 12 years ago now. And so, but yeah, it was, it was definitely like kind of both where I was, you know, shunned. And then <laughs> I found like my tribe. So yeah, because me and my guys are so close too. like, I still hear, I still hear like, they'll tell me everything. Cause they know that I'm not going to go home and cry about it. Cause I don't give a fuck, but like, you know, they'll come to me and be like, you know, Hey, oh, I tried to see if I could get you out on this with me for a couple of days or whatever. And then they're like, but the key didn't want to bring you out. Cause he says gripping is not for women to this day. Yeah. And so I, that, that happens yeah. a lot. And then yeah. I feel like sometimes I get brought out as an ornament because I'm cute or whatever, or they need a female because it's a female DP and they just want a female on their crew, whether yeah. or not I can do anything they don't know or care. And then the same thing goes for like learning stuff. Like I've noticed that, do you know how long it took me to get in a condor by myself and drive it around versus like the guys that just get to jump in and joyride it for fun and figure it out as they go. But I had to go with people all the time over and over. And then even when I went in by myself, it was like, Oh, you are you sure? Are you sure? Like, and I know like some, some of that's being protective of like not wanting me to fuck anything up and make a mess and they want me to have a job. But you know, at the same time, it's like, why do they get easier chances? And, and, you know, than I get, yeah, no, the opportunity, like you're saying, is totally like it's like and it's still and it still happens. It still happens to me in Technocrane where you it's like and I, I don't care if I'm their token female. If they want to use me as their token female, I'm going to use them to further my career. And I'm totally cool with that because I'm going to run fucking circles around them. Mm -hmm. And I have been running circles around them. We all have. But it's like it's comical to me, like you said, where they're like, oh, the girl's driving the, the vehicle or, you know, it's like, give me a fucking break. There's a jackass in there who has no experience driving in a condor. But like, why is it cool for, like, it's yeah, so, for, he, for him to go try it? <laughs> yeah, the mindset is definitely something that when someone does that to me, I'm like, let me educate you on something, you know, like I actually couldn't believe that the, that the key thing, you know, oh, well, this is a, not a girl's. I couldn't believe that that was still being said when I heard it, I wasn't offended because of who it was I knew that they're an idiot anyway but I was like really they've worked with me before on another crew as my foreman I've worked for this person <laughs> and you're and you saw me work and you're gonna say no we're not taking any females okay I really wish you guys could come up here because it's it, it's amazing how much I've seen it change in like I said the last five years I just had a conversation with one of the best boys that I worked with a long time ago and we were talking about women in film because I kind of was talking about being on this podcast. And he actually said that he still enjoys having women on the crew on a constant basis. And he hires them on purpose because they calm down the guys. <laughs> and he hires them on purpose. He'll have one or two girls on the crew for that reason specifically. Good for morale. <laughs> yeah, no, it, that, it's funny because I've had a key grip tell me that before when I've come out in the past. And they're like, they tell me that I make the guys work harder. And they tell me that like the energy completely changes on the crew. There's less bickering, there's less arguing. Um, and I know you guys probably have dealt with this over the years is that you become kind of the council when you're the only woman on a crew. Like I've heard more stories about guys relationships and every other subject under the sun than I care to admit, but it's like kind of like, yeah, it changes the entire chemistry and energy on the crew when a female's out. And, you know, I think it's, I, I like being the one that comes out and changes it and makes them work harder. 
it sounds like we're talking about three different threads of what, what makes this difficult. And your experiences with this seem to have varied. But first, there is, and still, as you pointed out, Nicole, some explicit sexism where people say women can't do the job. And so there's that. Although, Melissa, it sounds like that's less prevalent in Canada. And I'd like you to talk more about that when we get there. But two, then, there's the implicit fact that the standards are different for men, starting out, that you have all mentioned, where they'll bring in a guy who knows nothing, but they wouldn't do that with a woman. Like, again, so you have a gender bias in favor of men. And then third, Melanie, what you're talking about, even if it has helped you, it sounds like there are different expectations of you when you're on set as women, either what you represent in sort of a good way or ideas about crew. And I wonder if that's not also, even if it's in your favor, a a subtle bias against women doing this kind of work. I've thrown all three of those out there. Do you think there's a balance of that? Any of them you would challenge or are there other aspects of this that, that I've missed? I think there's a balance. You know, I definitely do see the what you said where there's a different expectation of women where they expect you to be better because the women that had to come in to break the barrier have had to be better to get that job. And I've seen it where I've had conversations with guys on set and another girl has been out and they're like, well, they're, she's not as good as you, but I'm like, yeah, but none of those guys are either. Like, why is she expected to be better just because I'm better? I'm better than a lot of people at my job, but and other, you know, there's guys that are better than me at my job. You can't choose a person by that circumstance. That's not just because of their gender doesn't mean that they should be better than anybody else. Like I have the same conversation with my guy friends that want to be grips and girls, but I'm a little bit more uh, I don't know how to say it, like strict with the with the females, because, you know, the guys, you can tell them you need to show up early. You need to have your tools. You need to da, da, da. But they'll come in without their tools and they'll show up at the time on the dot and not get dinged for it. And the girls conversation is like, you have to show up at least 40 minutes. You need to be the first one there before any of the guys. You have to be the first one there. And you need to be the last one to leave. And you need to make sure you always have all your tools on you at all times, because I feel like they're already being dinged for being female. So don't give them anything else to to take points off you, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And that's um, I was reading something recently that was in the news and when they were like saying something about where because she was a woman, that's why she made the mistake. It's like, that that makes no sense to me. Like you're dinged because you're a girl. Like that is ridiculous. Like you said, whenever I would lend advice to my girls too, that I would try to bring in, like you said, it was like, you got to go above and beyond. You have to, you do, you have to prove yourself even more. And, and like Melissa said, it is changing, which is awesome, but you still do get that And I don't mind changing guys' minds. I don't mind being the one, you know, unfortunately, I'm still told this by the guys that I work with. Like I literally, and I got really fucking pissed off a couple of weeks ago. And then I just kind of like, was like, I'm going to change their minds. I don't really care if I have to. He was like literally telling me how I needed to behave on set as a woman, like to not be like cussing to, and I can, I can curb the language because I'm working for them and I get it, but their guys cuss that are on their, you know, like, cause there's three of us when we go out the crane, but it's like, you guys want me to act how a woman acts like in your mind, what you think, how a woman should act, which is infuriating. It's like, why do I have to change 
<laughs> anything about, you know what I mean? Like you would never say that to a guy. I need you to be less this or more that or whatever. And it's like, it's super frustrating, but I'm like, it's fine. I'm just going to use you guys to further my career. But it's just, it's ridiculous to me that people of guys still say that and that that's their mentality that they want women to be a certain way on set. And it's just archaic. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Cause I've had experiences with that too. Like I've had several conversations with several different bosses about this, like, you know, in private, like you don't expect the guys to say these things you, but you expect me to curb how I'm acting. And sometimes it's, oh, well, I'm cared about more. Like I have more, well, I think you have more potential. Therefore I don't reprimand them for those things because who gives a fuck about them? I hear that sometimes. And then there's other times where I was like really jarred on set one day. I was making like a joke and just, you know, I guess like nowadays <laughs> human resources, but they, <laughs> the guys talk like this all the time. And I had made a comment and one of the other grips flipped out about it. But I knew, had you asked your buddy and it was a dude what they did this weekend? And they said they banged some hot bitch. But I said, I banged some dude and it was a big fucking deal for you to scream at me and embarrass me on set in front of everybody like that. It wouldn't have happened if it was a guy. That's just how I felt about it. <laughs> and, oh, and, totally. and my boss agreed. He was like, I think you're right. I think if he was talking to a dude, that's what he did this weekend. He said he banged a hot bitch. Wouldn't have been a big deal at all. But the reaction was like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, I get it. Like, I'm just not allowed to talk like that. And that's what bothers me about all the human resources stuff is like it's still like they can get away with talking however they want. And yet when it's us talking about it, it's not okay, but that's, it should, it's supposed to be, nobody can talk about it then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the stuff that I've heard on the radio and that's again, because I've changed from grip to technocrane I do. And I am coming out as a representative of their crane company. But the thing is, it's like, sometimes I want to snap back at them and be like, dude, I've been in production meetings. I have run grip crews. I've been a best boy for Christ's sake. I know, obviously I know how to act or else I wouldn't have fucking hired me, but it's like, you still like, if I drop the F-bomb, it's like, I get like this raised eyebrow, like, you know, tisk tisk, you know, and then like they drop the F-bomb and it's cool. And I'm like, the shit I've heard on the radio in the past, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like you're offended because you want a woman to behave in a certain way and I'm breaking that mold and you don't like it. It makes you uncomfortable. And that's what the token is, is that it's making them uncomfortable. Yes. And like, and that's one of the things that the guy said that I worked with. He's like, well, you know, we just want people to like, you know, want women to be on set and we want them to come out and like accept you as being, you know, a mother and this and that and that. And I'm just like, oh my God, I, I still am just because I dropped the F-bomb and I'm, you know, it, it, it's not as if I'm disrespecting anybody. That'd be different. But it's like to them, they want you to like, like you said, like you say it and it's not cool. They say exactly. it and it's fine. It's yeah. the same thing with clothes. Like I've had the same issues with what I wear to work which I do not think is cool at all because I look around set and I see any women in electric grip, any kind of man dominated department. And they all dress like dudes. Like they wear, you know, baggy dicky shorts and like men's over. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and I don't know if that's some of them have told me that's a defense mechanism so that the guys aren't looking at me. 
And then I feel bad. I'm like, that sucks because I have the opposite. We're like, I don't want to be in bag. My first job was the walking dead. I did not want to be clipped by trees while I'm carrying stands through the forest. You know, like I like the form fitting clothes. I don't want anything catching on anything. I look like a, a yoga whole foods, mommy going to work, but that's what I'm comfortable wearing. And I get very hot and I've had dudes complain to my boss. Oh, like what she's wearing makes me uncomfortable. Like, what are you talking about? I never, I never come at you and say, Oh, your sweater with, I love Jesus on. It makes me uncomfortable. You know, like, I don't understand at all how they have any right to say anything about like what we're wearing, especially if it's what we're comfortable in. Like I don't know, wearing a thong bikini out there. <laughs> right. It's funny hearing you guys talk like that, especially with the speaking part. I don't have so much a problem with the cussing because I've been around for so long. Everybody in this town knows that I cuss and I don't care. <laughs> so they know what they're hiring when they get me. But the thing that I, you might have gotten this, Melanie, being a boss and being a woman being a boss, I find that I've gotten really good at how I phrase when I want somebody to do something or I need something done, I have to say it in a specific way. So I sound a specific way. So I'm asking, but they understand that I'm telling them to do it right now. I've got really good at towing the line and it works for me. It, I, I mean, I don't mind doing it, but you can't definitely be as direct and talk like a man in that way. Cause then I've been, you get called the bitch word sometimes, but I've, I also don't care if yeah. some guys think I'm that, I don't care, but I've got really good at phrasing things in a way where guys are okay with doing what I'm telling them to do. Yeah, no, totally. I, I definitely learned to do that. And, um, and since I'm not in a boss position anymore, but I still have to deal with other departments because I'm low man on the totem pole again in Technograin. And so I still have to go get the things that they need, whatever. I have to go talk to electric or I have to talk to grip or, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is that like, I can fall right in and talk to them because I was a grip before. None of the guys that I worked with have ever gripped. They're all either. They just, I, I, I ask every single Technograin guy that I work with, like the lead tech, how did you get into this? And like the stories that I hear, I'm just like, oh my God, it's infuriating. But I'm like, they didn't have any grip experience. Nobody on, not that I know of, maybe one guy may have gripped back in the day, but that certainly wasn't like his career. He did not career grip. It's interesting how you, you have to like, I can certainly, I know when to curb my language now and it's fine. And when I move on to directing, I'm not going to give a fuck as much anymore because that's how I communicate. And like, and I, and I'll curb it right now. It's fine because it's a kind of a respect thing for who I'm working for, because again, I'm not in grip anymore, but it's kind of annoying when it's like, okay for somebody else to say it. And, but it's not cool for me because literally I'm a girl. I'll call it men language and women. Like I, I'm not as a woman, I'm not allowed to talk like a man. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. do the same. I have to like be careful how I approach because like when we're wrapping things out, you know, derigging stuff and taking them to show rig, I'm in charge of all of that. And sometimes my best boy puts me in charge of going around and making sure everything was set up properly. And I have to do the same thing. And when I approach the guys and I call it ego bruising, is what I call it my ego bruising defense mechanism is instead of going by and seeing that they did something completely wrong and saying, Hey, that's wrong. You guys need to fix that. I go and ask questions first. I say, um, is there a reason that you did it this way? Or did somebody request that you do it this way? 
okay, so I find out why they did it that way. Usually the answer is something stupid like, oh, it doesn't matter or whatever. And it's like, mm, actually, it does. And <laughs> I've had that happen with you guys will laugh at this with a 12 by 20 frame because there's so many inexperienced dudes. Right. And that are being put as foremen. <laughs> and so never done first unit, never rigged locations, never did anything like that. Me working first unit and, you know, I've dealt with frames. So I walk by and I see on the frame four bowlins on each corner of it tabled. And I'm like, <laughs> and I can't walk over there and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> so I have to be like, um, hey, uh, was there a reason you guys didn't like this? Or, you know, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, wow, that's confident. <laughs> okay, but it does. <laughs> um, we do clothes and um, they should be on the same side because when the frame tips up, you know, like, uh, no, well, it doesn't matter. And the combative like arguing and it's just like, I can't. Uh, and stuff like that, or like we're skinning the frame and they're not shooting there for four days. Like, all right, I've had enough. Like, I'm just going to go let somebody else know, Hey, you need to go talk to your guys because this is, yeah. I'm lucky enough not to have to do that anymore. I just tell them they're wrong. I'm going to go fix it. Cause I want it done different, Yeah, but yeah, I'm in that, that position is- now. So <laughs> It's totally a beautiful thing to be in that spot where I had a guy, I remember when he found out that I was going to be the best boy. This was like my first official best boy gig that I got. And it, I, I'd bested before, but it was never, it was like, I was filling in for somebody or I'd be on second. It was, this was literally like, I was given the job, our key left, our best boy moved up to key. And then they moved me up to best boy. And I remember this guy on my crew was like fucking arguing with me. And kind of like making fun of me in a way where like, cause he had been in the business for like 25 years and I had only been in for maybe four years. And he was like making fun of the way that I wanted things done. And I remember I literally had to kind of like check him one day and I was just like, I pulled him aside professionally and I was like, look, when the name says such and such best boy after your name, you can do it any fucking way you want but you're going to do it this way as long as I am the best boy on this crew. And I never had an issue with him otherwise, but it was just like, there are some guys like that where you just have to like check them, unfortunately. And thankfully I don't have to deal with those people right now, but it's like, I find it comical that like, that's why do I need to like emphasize that? Like I'm in charge. (laughs) No. And the, the thing is, I think, there's so many different ways to gripping that when, you know, when you're in charge, it's, you do it the way you want to do it. You go to another crew, they're going to want to do it another way. It's fine. But while they're here, they do it the way I want to do it or their best wants to do it. And then that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's one thing if it's like, you know, and I certainly worked with, I worked with more guys who were like, Hey, Mel, like, you know, did you know, like maybe it was a safety thing or maybe it was something that they learned and then we could like talk about it or whatever. But it, when it was more, it, 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 when it comes as just a challenge of your authority, it's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they, the, there's still like a, with the whole like ego bruising thing that I do, like, it's like a, uh, I feel like everybody has to still like you and want to work with you, even though you're right, you know? <laughs> and so you have to go around and be like, mm, hey guys, like, but when you get in those positions, it's probably much easier that I'm not in yet. <laughs> yeah. It's a little easier. It gets yeah. a little easier. Yeah, for sure. Melissa, I wanted to follow up with you about some of the things you've said about differences between your experience in Canada, working in Vancouver and what Nicole and Melanie have talked about in Atlanta and LA. 
can I confirm that you think that there's probably less of the explicit sexism that you've faced in Canada? And do you think that's because Canada is different or Canada is just ahead of like earlier in your career? Did you face more and it changed or are things always the tone been a little different up there? It's hard for me, I think, to be objective at this level because I've been doing it for so long and so many people in the industry do hear, know me and know my own reputation. So I think it was harder when I started and in conversations, but there's a lot of opportunity here. There's there's a lot of girls that do that job. Actually, my friend's house that I'm at to get the proper Wi-Fi because my Wi-Fi is out. She's an A Dolly Griff in town. There's a lot of opportunity, but at the beginning, I think it was harder. And I've had girls still say it's hard. And I don't know that I'm not objective anymore because I have worked myself up to this level. But there was also women that came before me. There was a key grip in town in ACFC, uh, Helen, no, not, sorry, Heather Lund. And she was key grip in ACFC like before I even got into gripping. So she helped break down that door before I even got in. There's literally, I don't know, Nicole, I know you've been on that show for a minute. If you've worked with Pam, Pam is the only female key grip that I know in Atlanta. And I'm not saying, I'm, I should say, I'm sorry, in the union. I, 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 there could be commercial ones. I, I, I don't think so because I started keying commercials um, before I bounced out of there. I had a woman that was hiring me all the time because I was a woman. But I, I don't know that there are, and there could have in the last few years been more, you know, key grips, females, I hope. But she was at the time when I was coming up, like, again, she paved the road for me to get into, but that was the only female key grip that I knew of. I know of her. And actually, because I was asked to best for this person, Peyton Brown is also keying right now. Oh, cool. She's just started keying a show this year. That's I think. Ray, Ray Brown's daughter, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have had the conversation with other women where I'm like, hey, why don't you just go on set and do this stuff? And you push your way in. They're like, well, we can't because we're not you. And I'm like, am I not objective anymore to the problems that our people are still having? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, and again, because you're in Canada, like you said, like it, it sounds like it's more accepting of women getting in, but I still think, and also too, the mentality of men has to change. And that was a point that I made. I was having a discussion with, I have a guy um, that I work with and he's a head tech and um, he came from Turkey and he's been here for four years. And, you know, when I told him that I was a grip for 10 years, like he was like, wow, wow. Oh my God. Like, wow. That's a, you know, like I, not like, I can't believe you were doing that job, but just kind of like surprised that a woman was doing that job. And it's like, I still think it's harder for women to get in. It's definitely easier now than it was than like when Melissa got in or when I got in, or even probably when Nicole got in it just, it starts to kind of like erode away, but it's still, it's in the male dominated departments I'm talking about. Like it's still difficult for women to get in. And like Melissa said, like, oh, I'm not like you, or I can't do it because, but it's, it's like that. It's not, it doesn't really have anything to do with who I am. I mean, maybe it does a little bit, but like, I would like guys to start realizing that more, you know, maybe the ones that, but they're kind of on their way out too. the ones that have that mentality that women shouldn't be on set. Like you said, that keeps yeah. a lot of those people, like they're going to get cycled out. So, and that's happening right now too. But it's not uncommon for us to have like on any crew to have two women on the grip crew. It's, it's very common now up here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
What about techno? <laughs> techno, there's uh, my friend Kat who actually left gripping for a while. She was in electrics too for a while, but she's just gone back into techno. And then we had a we had a woman when a, one woman when I started. I can't remember her name, but she was on techno for a bit when I started. And uh, there's another one that does techno. They're all the B tech, but they're, yeah. they're working their way in there. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, I'm again, like I'm low man. I'm not totem pole. I actually kind of like the no responsibility thing right now. <laughs> but all all the crane techs up in Vancouver, at least, are all grips. They all came from gripping. They they didn't come from camera. Yeah, it's like they're they're more and I and I, I shouldn't say this because I am again fairly new to Technocrane. Um, or, or at least I should say in my experience in the past working with Technocrane when I was besting, was that they were more um the ACs who were head techs, and then there would be some guys that were grip, but it was more like, and I don't know out here, but it seems that they're more camera guys that kind or because they knew somebody literally I just worked with a guy and he was awesome. And, um, and I hadn't worked with this lead before and, uh, he just got in because he knew somebody like he wasn't even in the business, you know I mean? Like he just, yeah. So it's like, that happens too, where like, they don't have any set experience, but yeah, it seems to be more camera guys out here. So it's mostly dolly grips who wanted to upgrade here. So they already know the camera movement part of it. So to be the, the B-Tech or the, the pickle guy, then they, they already know how a camera um, camera movement works for the shot. So it's been a good transition for people up here. Can I ask you guys something? Because, you know, it's different out here with our union, but your guys' union, you have to work a certain amount of days before you can join as a grip. Is that right? Right now, because it's been so busy, like to get your permittee status, you don't need really much but you need 90 days to become a full member of IATSE. Between when you're a permit to when you're a member, it's 90 days. You have to do a whole bunch of courses in there to be even a permit. So I didn't join 80, so I don't, but I, I, I was considering it when I moved here, but I couldn't, I was only gonna join as underwater grip. And if they wouldn't hire, I, I couldn't get any water days. So I, I switched gears. I know that in 80 and I don't, remember how many days it is, but it's kind of the similar thing as like Melissa said, where there's, I know in 479, the classes are not required here. They are mandatory. You cannot join 80 um, unless you have, and I don't want to say it's, it could be 30. That's 600s requirements. The camera union is is 30 days and then you get permitted. Um, So right now, every time I work, I'm on a waiver. I have to literally ask 600 every time I want to work. And then I have to get a waiver and then once I get my 30 days, I get permitted or excuse me, I get put on the roster. I mean, if you were a woman trying to get into this business and you were like, didn't know anybody, I'd say go to Atlanta because it is easier to get into the union. It's much harder in LA, even with my experience that I have to network out here to just come in and not know anybody. I'm not saying you can't get in. I mean, I got in and I didn't know anybody. This is something I talk about in my book. This is the time when I got in, it was a good time to get in because the work had come from North Carolina because they canceled that tax credit. So now's also a good time to get in. It definitely is. But again, the union requirements out here are a little harder. We are in a period now, and Melanie, as you just suggested, where there is a lot of work going on. And whether this means more opportunities for women or again, it's going to be the same kind of challenges. No, I, I believe there's more opportunity. I mean, it's been so busy up here the last five or six years that they're taking anybody, it, 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 guy, girl, dog, they don't care. 
just to fill, you know, they need bodies. We, we call the hall, you know, we're beyond the permit list sometimes where they're into, they call it like um, the reserve. So they don't even have all their courses yet. When we get so busy, they, they've already applied, but they haven't done their courses. So we get into the reserve list or we, you know, a PA and you get them in as an intern, which I didn't know you could do, but we did that because it got so busy. But yeah, definitely opportunity. I don't, I don't know if there's women that want to do the job, but I don't know if it will ever be 50-50. I, I know women who got into the job and then they realize they don't like it because it is a very physical job. I don't know if it'll ever be completely even, even though I like seeing women in the job because I think they, the dynamic of having both is a, a good thing. Women think differently men think differently and when you get the combination you solve problems a bit easier so i do like the dynamic of having both there and i think there's a lot of opportunities for women for that reason but yeah it's a good time for people to get in if they want to because there's more there's more room yeah i i think that as well i think it's a good opportunity to come in and then that being said i feel like women still get a will still get a shorter chance span if that makes sense as far as like what i've seen then like the dudes will get and i i agree too i think a lot of women um i idolize the male dominated departments and they're like oh i, I can do that i want to do that and then they get there and figure out real quick it's not <laughs> not everything they thought it was going to be <laughs> i think this is a good if if this was something it's a better time now it, it because it is busy to get if if you were a woman in this business and like Melissa said, I don't know that this is ever going to be a 50 50 thing either. You know, I had this discussion on a, a thing I did recently and uh, and they were asking me like, well, how do we get more women in the business? I was like, well, you hire more women. And I'm not saying that guys don't hire women because obviously they did. I got in. Um, but the more women you have in those women are more inclined to hire more women. And then it kind of just mushrooms from there. And, you know, there's this big emphasis in Hollywood of inclusion, 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 but it's more like above the line directors, you know, like they don't, I, I, I have seen some things recently that I am also going to start participating in where, um, cause I'm all about education and training and encouraging women to get in, but like, this is really a good time to get in for women. I mean, you, if, if the door is wide fucking open right now, like there, there's really not, if you really wanted to do it and like, like Nicole said, you know, some women do get in and they're like, oh, this isn't really, you know, I kind of thought honestly myself that when I got into Technocrane that I wanted to head tech. I'm very technologically inclined. I can figure things out. But now that I've gotten into Technocrane, I have no interest. It's just, it's, I, I want to learn the more the mechanics of the crane. That's what I liked, the inner workings of it. And that I think is really cool. But um, do I want to be a Technocrane operator for the rest of my life? No. But it is a skill that I can add now to my resume. So when I direct, I know what I'm talking about. That's kind of, that's, that's my objective. I know these ladies have different objectives and I have mad respect for grips. It's just not something that I wanted to stay in anymore. Yeah, I, I do have one thing to say about, I mean, anybody listening to this though, if it's women, especially if you, and I've talked to it, other women who've come in below me that I've helped train, that you have to be very aware that you have a responsibility to show up and not make women look bad. And I've carried that for a long time. And I've had conversations with women about it, especially when they're not carrying the weight and they want to be the pretty girl 
on set that gets the guys to do stuff. I have a really hard time with that. And I'm like, you're wrecking everything I work for and I don't appreciate it. And if you don't want to do this, then leave. Absolutely. That, that it's like an awesome point because same thing. And I've even brought women out where they come out and they're late and, you know, they're just kind of standing around like they don't really know what to do and it isn't as if they were like brand new you know they'd worked on other crews so they knew the you know the responsibilities and what they had to do and it's like like you said don't come in and fucking half-ass it like that really gets under because i didn't and it's like like you said it makes unfortunately it's gonna make other it's not gonna give us any better of a name if you come in and just kind of half-ass it or like you said you just want to be the ornament on the crew and yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, it, it's been it's been hard. It's been hard for all of us, and we all carry a responsibility when we do it. Yeah, totally. Because I feel like there's some girls that come out thinking, "Oh, well, this these departments don't have any women, and I'm a woman, and that's the only requirement I need to meet, so I'm here." You know, and it's like, no, you need to get off the apple box and run something in or do something. You know, because you ruin it for all of us. People do not want to hire us anymore when you're the last girl they hired. Because that's going to be the impression they have on their brain of women coming in. When I considered becoming a key grip, I really, I had people tell me to do it earlier. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. No, I'm not ready. And when I was ready, I knew I was ready. And I had, I knew I had to be ready or no one would ever fucking give me a chance again. Or the, And they won't give the next person a chance. Exactly. Yeah. Well, ladies, I think you've been very forthcoming about both the challenges and the responsibilities um, but also I'm seeing some opportunities here. So that women who are clear eyed now about what they're getting into, but by encouraging more women to get into these male dominated fields, we will see some more of the changes in a positive direction. And I really appreciate the work all of you are doing in that space. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks thank so much you. for being here. Really enjoyed having you on the show today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Season nine. Is this the best season ever? You decide. If you're new to the podcast, I hope you'll check out some other episodes. It's easy to peruse the entire catalog on the website, below the line, one word, dot biz. That's B-I-Z. All episodes of the podcast are also now on IMDb, so you can cross-reference the film credits of my guests. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and rate us if you like what you hear. If you've got questions or comments, you can send email to skid, S-K-I-D, at belowtheline.biz. If you're on Facebook, you can find photos and other behind-the-scenes materials at Podcast Below the Line. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Pod Below the Line. Thanks to Curtis Five for our music and John Wan for our logo. The logo is available on t-shirts, mugs, and stickers at redbubble.com. Loyal listeners, you are much appreciated. If you're enjoying the season, tell your friends. We'll be back again next week. Hey, everybody happy with that? I think it, no. I think we did fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to fucking say fuck for the rest of the day. Yeah. I swore more I swore more on this than any of you guys. So <laughs> it's so funny because like I I literally when that guy told me that that I worked with, I was just like, oh, my head was like, I remember being so mad when I got home. I'm like, fuck him. Fuck him. Like over and over again. I went to the gym and I was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> Nobody tells me how to act anymore. I, I feel for you guys. Nobody tells me how to act anymore because I'm like, you know what? You can't control me. And the guys that hire me know, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. Most of the people in the industry, if they don't know me, they've heard of me and I don't care.
that fortunately for today's conversation, uh, this is an F-bomb friendly podcast. So I don't know how to beep you out anyway. So it's good that everything you said, everything you said will make the cut. 